Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. My guest today is Tjorbjorn Johansson of the CMAE. He's the Director of Education since October of 2017. Before that, he was seven years as CEO of the Swedish Golf Club Management Association. He's also spent five years at the Swedish Volleyball Federation as Sports Director and five years as Secretary General at the Swedish Rugby Federation. He was actually the youngest of his time when that happened. So, Toby, welcome to Private Club Radio. Thanks, Gabe. Great to be here. Yeah, well, excellent to uh, speak with you finally. And uh, I'd first just love to hear about that transition. You've been in the rugby world. You've been in the volleyball world. So you've got all sorts of sports under your belts. What was it like transitioning to the Club Managers Association of Europe? Well, um, as you say, I've, I've been brought up uh, in the sport industry from when I was very young. Uh, I think I was in the age of nine, ten, when I sort of said to my parents that I wanted to be the president of the IOC when I grew up. So uh, cool. I've always had a sort of, yeah, <laughs> I've always had some, some kind of focus on, on working at an international scene within the sports industry. Um, I um, worked five years for Swedish rugby. That was a good sort of a place to get to know Swedish sports. Uh, as the younger secretary general uh, at the time, I, I got the job when I was 22. So that was that was interesting. Um, coming to Swedish volleyball, that was actually my sport. So I got to work with uh, the national teams in volleyball and beach volleyball and the elite sports uh, within that. Um, then the transition, as you say, into the club management position, first for Swedish golf management association and then on to the European scene. Uh, it was very different. Uh, I've always been engaged in volunteer work. Uh, I've been president at volleyball clubs, also coach uh, without getting any, any funding for it. Um, but, but at the same time, working for the employees instead of working like with the volunteers. Uh, I think it was more rewarding. I could do much more work at uh, Monday to Friday instead of weekends, which normally is always the time for sport matches and stuff. So, um, but but also the benefits of actually helping someone do their job was um, extremely interesting, and I, it's still something that uh, I love to do. Uh, if if they have a problem, if someone has a problem, or they just they just need some support, um, I'll, I'll make sure to be there. So basically, that's uh, one at least one of the few uh, advantages of coming to the management side. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're about a year in now. Uh, you started in October of 2017. It's now September 2018. So you've got about a year under your belt. I'd love for you Correct. to give us um, an update of your thoughts on the association itself, the education, and what what you see coming down the pipeline for the CMAE. Well, um, after the um, seven years at Swedish GAF, the um, Golf Club Management, Management Association, when I was um, I took care of our golf club manager education program that was during 18 months per, per time we were about 25 students i've done that three times and then i come into the cma europe um, and looked at the mdp or in america it's called bmi program um, that we work together with 
and I've only witnessed some people on the program talk to them and they were really really positive so for me like you say I've been almost a year the first couple of months it was just to see the program get to know the program it's our flagship it's our star uh, of all the things we do um, and it's been um, it's been a great journey to become a facilitator for the program it's it's fantastic and to see how the people develop from monday to friday during those five days and become a member of our tribe that is just uh, it's just amazing sometimes um, not not everyone of course but uh, in a group of 25 there's a lot of people that we can actually move during the five days from from one position to the next wow. um, so um, i would say that the program was already up and running um, they wanted me to go in and really give feedback on it not to i'm not coming in to do um, 90% of changes i just hope to uh, do some small nudges here and there we, we might move an hour from here to there um, and those kind of things I, I i try to do together with jason koenigsfield at the cmaa the director of education there he's a great support has been great for me when i started uh, i knew jason since i've been on the world conference in america five times before i started uh, with the cmae wow. uh, so that was one of the things to uh, to make sure that our flagship is still up and running it's still relevant 2018 because we started in in 2011 so that's like seven eight years ago now uh, now and, and making sure all the content is relevant uh, but then also to look at our other activities because we we have one golf tournament we do seminars but we we, we need to get moving on the webinars we need to have we're going to do some governance section uh, sessions with the uh, presidents or, or captains together with a manager um, we want to make sure to be visible not only when someone comes onto our program and then don't see them until they come on the next program. Um, and also, again, we're a European organization, which means that our alliance partners, such as um, SGCMA in Scotland, IGCMA in Ireland, um, our London home county region, we have GAF Sweden, we have Finland, Norway, Portugal, Spain, Italy, to make sure that we are there uh, to support them if they have needs uh, in their education or um, with other things. So I, I would say that to, to be the kind of uh, uh, head organization that we want to be. So there's there's so much things I want to do, just make sure not to do them too fast. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You're, Europe, obviously, is such a diverse you know, part of the world, there's, you know, you've got the yeah. UK. And not forget, <laughs> sorry, not, not forget the Middle East, sorry. Sure. Uh, not to forget the Middle East because we, we do the program there and we have a lot of activities, just formed a new region in the Middle East. So it's, so if you're talking about diverse, make sure you put in like right. Middle East and, and Northern Africa there as well. There you go. So that, that, that's, that's our turf. Do you find that there's very similar challenges that clubs face, even, you know, from the Middle East to Africa to Europe? Yes, um, there are a lot of similarities. Then, then there might be some specific tasks um, in, in, in the Middle East because a lot of them um, work directly with owners that might want to do things. Uh, and the money is not an issue as of anywhere else, almost. Right. Money is a big, money is a big, <laughs> big issue. Very big. Um, 
but at the same time you still need to do things in a, in a, in a much better way than in the Middle East. So, so there's always it's always a hatch. You can't just you can't waste money because then then you're then you're gone there as well. Um, but yes, there are similarities. Um, even though you might have a hundred employees at one place, and you might have six employees in an, in a medium club in in Sweden. So um, it's just a matter of how you deal with it, how you create the team, and how you work with your members and listen to their needs. Uh, so, so yes, I think there's there's similar things, uh, and also with sustainability today. Uh, we have challenges uh, on that in, in every country. Sure. Well, let, let's break down a few of those challenges, if you might, for our uh, U.S. listeners who maybe don't know what's happening over there in the in the Europe uh, region or some of those other regions you mentioned. What are some of the, the challenges and, and maybe opportunities that you see clubs have right now? Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting that you said because I recently – came back from Singapore. I was at the club manager, Asian club managers conference in Singapore. And I talked about the European trends um, and also how we deal with education and stuff like that. We have a great relationship with the um, Asian club manager association. Um, and, and talking about uh, Europe and 2018, <clears throat> uh, I would say that one of the biggest challenges is the usage of water it's been a really tough year first a tough winter and then a really hot summer and you guys know all about that so it's not it's no uh, it's a global it's a global thing it's not just european um but but um the costs um, of utilities is rising and it's a lot of costs uh, to water in some states um so water will be uh, highly important for now and the future uh, we talk about recruitment a lot because um, we have it's a real huge turnover of people both in management positions but also like food and beverage um, and, and there's it takes a lot of time and money uh, to recruit all the time every year um, but that's also a part of the club industry. We, we, we take in a lot of people, we train them, and then they go to other places. We just have to, uh, just have to live with it, I guess. Mm, it's um, interesting. And also the food and beverage itself. Um, normally, we follow trends from the US, the, looking at clubs. The formal dining has been big uh, over here. It's now going way to more brasserie style and healthy eating. Um, the outsourcing contra in-house. Just looking at Sweden, we had um, um, 18 years ago, 1% of all golf clubs uh, had the restaurant in-house. 99% outsourced the restaurant to, to, to a person or a company. Today, it's uh, over 20% have it in-house and it's growing. Wow. Um, to, also, to make sure that you use your staff in a better way, you can... Um, you can use the person in, in the kitchen and then they can use them, use them in the shop and they can go clean. So you can actually, um, instead of having too many people, you, you can, you, you can do, you can do it yourself. Uh, mm -hmm. And also looking at having, um, the restaurant open from morning to evening, because if you only have open the, the restaurant from like 10 to three, then it's not much used for, from the member side. Yeah. Um, it's been, that, that's been the case at many places. Sure. Uh, because of uh, if, if a restaurant owner only can see, oh, I get uh, 250 lunch guests, but then at dinner it's only 
22. So I'll close for dinner instead. Mm. But I mean, that's not that's not healthy for the club. Right. So, uh, Interesting. So you know, doing all this traveling, going to Asia, you know, to the to the, to the Asian club managers coming here to the states. What yeah. have you found that Europe is really doing right? Well, we're getting there. Uh, I, I would say that we we have uh, a fantastic product for such a small price if you compare to America. Uh, also, if you compare to Asia, uh, the, the amounts that people pay, um, especially like in Scandinavia, where you, you get a full membership uh, at a very nice golf club for about okay us dollars let, let's say it would be a thousand dollars that's a year that, that's the full year you can play for free after after you pay a thousand dollars you get free access to the club uh, and you get to play all the golf you want end of story um and what you get with staff and what you get for the quality of the golf course is fantastic uh, so, so I would say in, in certain uh, aspects, uh, Europe, parts of Europe, is it's just great compared to the price you pay. Uh, what we don't do good is the private members club or city clubs in most parts of Europe. Um, we have the um, city clubs in London. They're fantastic in England, but not much outside, um, outside the UK and, and Ireland. Um, so, um, but but some parts it, it's um, we, we do really well, and and uh, at the Mediterranean with the climate, uh, which is also uh, a bit like US, uh, really good. Um, I, I would say that we have facilities that could at least match uh, some of the facilities in the US. Uh, so so um, I think we're pretty good at listening what the member wants in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it. And I'm always shocked by the prices when I hear the the guys in the UK talk about what it costs to join a club or how they do some of these tokens and whatnot that we've had on the, you know, some of the gentlemen talking on this episodes. Um, city clubs, yeah, they, they, they're a big possibility, especially in Scandinavia, I guess. Is, is, it's a, it's a, is it anyone investing in maybe creating some of these things over there? Nope. There's, uh, there's a, I would say, a gap in the market uh, in, in Scandinavia and, and also in, in parts of Europe. Because um, I've, se- I've seen, obviously, the, the benefits of having city clubs and the possibilities that bring, uh, both for families or, or, or for people uh, in different parts of the industry that are just looking for a place to go after work or during work or... or Networking, um, any so, of that so, stuff, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, well... Actually, I know of a few small projects, but that I mean, they're they're not comparable really to a, a, a good, nice city club uh, like Caledonian Club in in London, or like Roehampton or Hurlingham, some big sporting clubs. Uh, in in Scandinavia, we have sport clubs. You go to the gym or you play your tennis, but you don't have a sort of a club membership. Uh, as we talk about in in um, at Roehampton or Harlingham or not, not facilities like that, so that would be that would be fantastic to see if if that could could come from um, in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, hopefully we see some investment there in city clubs in Scandinavia and Europe as well. It sounds like it's a it's a good good opportunity for some folks out there. Now, no, I think it's, I think it's still good with all the politics going on and and getting people um, healthier. Um, it would be it would be good for the politicians to to put the put that money 
where it belongs. So, right. so um, yeah, I, I believe in that idea. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about the upcoming CMAE conference that you're doing, the European conference. It's going to be in Marbella, Spain. Let's talk a little bit about that, Toby. What are you excited for? Sure. Sure. Uh, no, I'm really excited about um, about the European um, conference on club management. We um, we actually stopped the conference for five years um, and then started it again last year. So four weeks after I started my job at the CMA, it, the, the conference was on. And last year was really, really nice, really successful, according to the delegates. Uh, and this time we have put up a um, theme for it that we call the journey um, and it's not supposed to be like the destination of something it's talk we're talking about the actual journey itself uh, the doing is more important than the outcome so we have a lot of presenters from within the industry that talk about their journey their challenge um, how they did it and then we will talk about and discuss with the delegates uh, on the possibilities, how you could have done it, uh, and see if we actually can get some outcome uh, together from it. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Um, together with some inspiration, we have um, someone who, who does TED talks, and we have so we, we have a, a great uh, great bunch of speakers at a nice hotel uh, in Spain here in November. Yeah, I'm looking forward to joining you out there, November 18th through the 21st, I believe it is, right? Correct. We uh, we wanted someone um, who could actually um, add something to the program, and I think his name was Gabe. <laughs> well, I, I, I got lucky <laughs> with this show, being able to speak to some of the, the top people in the, in the industry. It's just a wealth of information, so I've basically been stealing everyone's best ideas, and look, I'm lucky enough that you're going to let me share them with the European folks. And, yeah, uh, that, 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 that did sound like... That did sound like Greg Patterson. Take the ideas and make it your own. Yeah, laugh right. <laughs> all the way to the laugh all the way to the bank. <laughs> That's right. Yes, That's right. I love that. Um, if people want to register for that conference, learn a little bit more. How do they do that, Toby? Yeah, it's pretty easy. You go to our website, cmaeurope.org, and everything is on the website. Um, so it's. Um, um, it's for, for CMA members only, but since again in America, if you're a CMA member, that's the same thing because we're alliance partners, affiliate partners. So it's so everyone uh, would be very welcome. Uh, last year, I think we had a couple of people from America coming over, and this time we have three presenters coming from America uh, besides yourself, also your friend Norm Spitzish um, and uh, Lori Martin, who's going to talk about crisis. Uh, so I'm, I'm also very inspiring to get some some people from from other countries than uh, besides Europe to come over. Absolutely, I definitely recommend you head on over to the CMA website and check out the presenting uh, presenter list. It's really a really a nice lineup that they've put together. Now you also have a, a really interesting gift for our audience that we're going to share on your interview page. So if you go to privateclubradio.com and click on Toby's picture, you'll be able to get his white paper. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Toby? Oh, our white paper. We um, we do a CCM think tank each year. And the CCM think tank is when our CCM certified club managers get together um, and discuss and make a white paper on certain 
uh, subjects each year. And uh, the last year's subject was on leadership. And the white paper that came out of it was really interesting. And I, I'm, I'm happy to share it with you. We're right now working on our next white paper. Uh, hope to have it finished in a month or so. Uh, could could Would love to share that one as well with people who's interested. Uh, because we had some other subjects um, this year when we when we did the CCM think tank. Uh, but the, the basic idea is to get people together. We have some ideas on leadership and then talk about all the different uh, experiences that you've had becoming a CCM, uh, putting it all into action, and then put that down in paper uh, and, and share it with anyone who's interested. Yeah, I imagine that's great reading for uh, American club managers, club managers from Asia, all over the world, not just the Europeans. That's going to be a nice little thing that you've put together and we appreciate you sharing that with our audience toby hey it's been a blast having you on private club radio and uh hopefully we can do it again sometime thank you gabe it was excellent good talking to you private club radio is brought to you by concert golf partners helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs concert golf has the capital expertise and private club hospitality experience to help upscale private clubs achieving long-term success and membership growth. For 25 years, Concert Golf has allowed private club members to focus on simply enjoying their club. Visit ConcertGolfPartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.